As Christians, we know that there are things in life that we should avoid and places that we should not enter into. But what happens when we find ourselves in the midst of those circumstances? What should we do when we find ourselves in unclean places? Well, within the Gospel of Mark, there lies that story I read. A circumstance in which the disciples find themselves surrounded by the profane and the unclean. But the most surprising thing about this story, the most strange and awkward fact about it, is that it was not Satan that led them to this unclean place, but in fact, Jesus. The very one whom they trusted to shepherd them to safety had led them to a dark and defiled place. It is truly impossible to understand this bizarre story without first understanding certain Jewish traditions. And so, to do honor to the Scripture this morning, we we must have an understanding of certain facts concerning the life and times of the Jew. For example, it's important to know that according to Jewish laws, it was imperative that you avoid the unclean as best you could. Jews were to avoid the unclean whenever possible. And in our story... There are many unclean things surrounding the disciples. According to Jewish tradition, the foreign country to which they sailed is one unclean thing. The cemetery where they stood, another. The man who was cut and bruised. The demon spirits within him. And the 2,000 pigs, a ceremonially unclean animal that the demons were cast into. And so to, to truly appreciate the situation... The disciples stood in an unclean country, in an unclean cemetery, in the presence of an unclean man, filled with a legion of unclean spirits who were cast into unclean animals. They could not be any more uncomfortable. Now, before we go any further, we need to stop and study, just for a moment, the meaning of the word unclean. To you and I, unclean would describe something Filthy or dirty or repulsive. But surprisingly, the Greek word for unclean does not mean dirty. You see, to be unclean was not a judgment on the value of things. It wasn't. So a person who was unclean was still a person of great value. Take the story of Peter and Cornelius in the book of Acts, for example. Uh, Some of you may remember this. Peter was told to travel to a foreign country and meet with Cornelius, a man who, according to the law, was unclean. And after much persuasion, Peter went and met with him. And the scripture says, when Peter saw this man's faith, he was immediately cut to the heart, and he fell down in front of Cornelius and said to him, you know it is unlawful for a Jewish man to keep company with one of another nation. But God has shown me this day that I should not call any man unclean. For another example, look at childbirth. In the Bible, we learn that when a woman gave birth, she was pronounced unclean for several days. She wasn't unclean because she was dirty. She was unclean because in the event of childbirth, a woman hovered between life and death. A woman was called unclean because she was risking her life to bring forth new life 
And that sphere was off limits, so to speak. That's why she was pronounced unclean. And that's why when she gave birth to a female, she was unclean for longer. Because it was the continuation of that process. You see, in Genesis, we learn that God created all things and pronounced them good. So these things that are unclean in our Bible, they're not bad or evil or filthy. but Rather, they're things that are to be approached with respect and value. Or they can quickly become something that is used inappropriately or abused. That is what it means when something in the Scriptures is deemed unclean. It's something that can be easily that can easily corrupt us or harm us if it is not treated with the utmost reverence and respect and fear. And so here we have the disciples standing in that place that by law they were supposed to avoid, and they didn't know what to do. But they knew they did not want to be there. It makes me wonder. What are the places that we are most uncomfortable in? And who are the people that we avoid because we are afraid of that which is unclean? Some wouldn't be caught dead in the inner city neighborhoods because of some unnatural fear of black neighborhoods or people of another race. Others avoid eye contact with the homeless Because they're afraid they'll be accosted. And many, perhaps, have built up a wall of Christians around themselves. Because we fear that if we even get close to anything of the world, we'll be associated with that sin. I wonder, what is it that you avoid and fear? Because it is unclean in your eyes. You and I shun the unclean, just as the disciples and everyone else did back then. But not Jesus. Not Jesus. Actually, to most of us, that may be the most troubling thing about this story. The man they had come to love and trust, the good shepherd, had led his flock to an awful place. He intentionally took his disciples to an unclean place. The theological meaning of that is astonishing. It's shocking what this story tells us about our faith. Think about it. Apparently, Jesus invites his believers to step into the unclean, uncomfortable places. Jesus wants us to wade through the muck and mire of life, not avoid it. You see, something happened when Jesus came into this world. He threw away the order of how things had been and put us all on the same playing field. It's called the priesthood of all believers. And it means that each one of us has the responsibility, the duty, to take care of the unclean because we are all his priests. Oh, but we've missed it. We've missed it. Somewhere along the line, we've decided that in our Christian minds that we're better than the rest of the world because we avoid the world. And that is wrong, according to this scripture. 
All this time, Jesus has been shouting out, No, that's not it. You're my priests. You're supposed to live in the unclean places. Take care of the unclean people. And we of a people have failed thus far. It's appropriate that this is Reformation Sunday because here we have heard the challenge. But know this. If you answer this calling and start living among the unclean, people will not approve of what you do. Being a Christian among the unclean things of this world will disturb and disgust most others of the faith. Look back at our story again and you'll see what I mean. You see, the town and this crazy, possessed man had developed some sort of unspoken truce. That is, they would stay in town and he would stay in the graveyard among the tombs. He wasn't fit to be among the living, so he lived among the dead. The townspeople wanted it this way. They had indeed grown comfortable with seeing and hearing the demon-possessed man and his erratic behaviors. But Jesus went to the man and healed him. And the scripture says, the townspeople came and saw the demoniac sitting there talking with Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. Can you imagine how excited they must have been? How utterly delighted. You would think that they would have given Jesus the key to the city. Instead, they suggested a bus ticket out of town. Jesus associated with the profane, and they hated him for it. Here we see what happens when believers jump into the filth and shake things up. The townspeople, used to seeing the demoniac scraping his skin with rocks and hearing him howl through the night, are suddenly given an alternative reality. Another possibility of life has emerged, and it is one that they're not used to, one they've never seen or known before. That new possibility, that gospel, means new life for a fellow human being. And the destruction of everyone else's beliefs and preconceived notions of how things should be. Did you see their reaction? Did you hear it in the scripture? The townspeople. When they came to find Jesus and the man, now formerly possessed by demons, talking amongst themselves, they were afraid, the scripture says. Afraid. That's not a small statement. Don't read over that. Why were they scared now? That's what I'm wondering. I mean, it seems to me they'd be afraid if he was still out of his mind. Were they afraid that he might hurt Jesus? Were they afraid he was going to come after them because his chains weren't on him? No. What they truly feared was this change, this new reality. Friends, I don't know of a more relevant statement for our lives right now. You see, the townspeople were more concerned with their pigs and the order of their world 
than they were with a man's life. Jesus had stepped into the unclean and accomplished something. And by doing that, he had also upset their lives and their unspoken agreement with the demoniac. This, folks, is the meat of the gospel. This is the good news. But to the rest of the world, and some of us perhaps, it's the bad news. Because we like our lives too much and don't want to see an alternative reality. We don't want to see what we have held as truth come crashing down. That man's life was made whole again, and it was just too much. It wasn't normal, it was too radical. We are the same whether we admit it or not. Those of you who may be taking notes, here's a quote for you. Anytime a person or group gets a freedom that they've never had before, somebody else loses pigs. Did you hear that? Anytime a person or group gets a freedom they've never had before, Somebody else loses pigs. In other words, one person's freedom generally means somebody else's loss of privilege. Yes, we do like people in their place. Think about that concept on every level and it holds true. For example, it's amazing how compassionate and just our foreign policy is toward the hungry and the deprived people of the world. That is, when our pigs are at stake. Yes, America is willing to help the world, but typically when it benefits us. Did you know that for years our government, supposedly, knew about the Nazi extermination of the Jews, and for years they stood by and did nothing as millions died? That is, until our pigs were threatened. Then we decided to fight back. A few years ago, the UN came up with the Oil for Food program. Do you remember this? Which in effect said, we'll give you food and clean water that you need to live if you give us your country's major export at a discount. Yes, we have indeed been willing to step in and save the day. That is when our pigs are at stake. Now, I could continue to launch into a political discussion here and turn this sermon into a lively debate But I'll let the candidates do that for you. Because I want you to consider something this morning. When you step into unclean places, when you start facing your discriminations, your sins, head on, when you start looking into the eyes of the homeless, the orphan, the prisoner, and meet them where they are. You will lose something. You will lose your pride. You will lose your self-centeredness. You will lose those things that keep you safe and warm. But you will gain a gift greater than any gift on the face of this earth. Because it transcends 
the earth and reaches into the farthest depths of the kingdom of heaven. And what is that gift? To be unclean. You will be unclean, praise God, just as Jesus was unclean when he healed the demoniac among the tombs. Just as Jesus was unclean when he reached out and touched the lepers. Just as Jesus was unclean when he sat and ate with prostitutes. Just as Jesus was unclean when his blood spilled out onto the ground for the whole unclean world. Now that's a gift. To be unclean like Jesus. He stepped right in there. He met the unclean where they were. And he took his followers with him. And he said to them, look. This is where you need to be. This is where you must come to be my priests. But do we want that? Well, part of me says yes. Because that's part of what sabbatical team has been working on, working towards, addressing our focus as an inner city church. And still, part of me wants to say no. We don't want that because, well, not because it's undesirable, but because the world does not demand this of us. But just imagine... What could happen if we were to begin stepping into those unclean places? Imagine transformation, the transformation that this this city would see. Go ahead, picture that in your minds right now. What would that look like to you? Can you see it? Don't let it go. Don't let that fade. Now go into the unclean and bring forth new life. Amen.